on from week one, two and three. We've looked at light, peace and joy. And in the first week I described my childhood uh, moment of opening up a advent calendar. And to my amazement, as I said a couple of weeks ago, nearly all of Chandler's school were opening their chocolate calendars, an advent calendar. But me being old fashioned now, I've got a candle. And sometimes we have to light it at breakfast time now. Because as it gets lower and lower and lower, it means that more wax has to burn away. But there's something exciting about singing. I can't sing for a toffee. And I'll be honest with you, I just find it uplifting to be in the presence of others who can sing the praises of God. And I give it a good go too. But some of you may well know that rejoice in the Lord always. Those of you who have done Latin, uh, Gorde in Domino Semper. I don't know if that's the right way of pronouncing it, but in Latin, uh, Paul reminds the church and he says, again, I say it, rejoice. Now, I've got now to a moment in my life where I'm thinking, what's my top most favourite carol? Well, I'm going to share with you this morning that at the moment is joy to the world. And it really summarises some of the things that I want to say this morning. It goes like this, joy to the world. Okay, <clears throat> the Lord is come. Let earth re receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Isaiah's words this morning for us talk about a restoration. It talks about a reflection. And also it talks about a revival. And there's something special about you and I because we're ordinary people. And I don't know about you, but just uh, this week at Friendship Club, I had uh, a man say to me, Ian, this has been the best Christmas I have experienced. And I just thought it was a lovely word of encouragement for those of you who are involved in the Friendship Club. And Isaiah's message is for an ordinary people, but he sees extraordinary people, people doing amazing things. Now this morning, even though we are joyful about being in the presence of God, singing his praises, there might be some of you this morning who are just feeling that little bit of a, a tug at the moment. Maybe you're fearful, maybe you're feeling weak. But Isaiah's words to you are, be strong, do not fear. And as we look at the geography of Israel, you maybe have picked up uh, the mountains of Lebanon, the, uh, the moment where Carmel and the plains of Sharon, for those of you who have been to Israel will know that the mountains of Lebanon are in actual fact snow-capped peaks for six months of the year. And if you can think of the rugged, arid areas in Israel at various times of the year, if you think of the moment where you maybe have watched a speeded up film of a desert land coming into life, maybe some of you have thought about miracles that have happened in your life but there are beautiful places in Israel there are the cedars there are the oak trees and there are the citrus fruits in the Lebanon and also in the plain of Sharon now a few months ago I went into my son's second floor flat and I fell in love with this flat which is on the second floor but to get to this second floor I had to go through an incredibly old, battered, green door. And as soon as I opened this door on the ground floor to the tenement block, I had this amazing experience 
of a scent because Andrew's flat was above a flower shop. And there was a moment when I said to Andrew, do you know what, I'd buy 10 of these just to get the scent. It was just beautiful to enter in through into uh, <coughs> Andrew's uh, flat. And as we think about reflecting at this Advent time, I want us to think about some of these questions for ourselves, and I'm thinking about them too. Will we see things through new eyes? Will we hear the words with new ears? Will we hear a voice become sweet again? Will we find meaning when there is meaningless all around us? As we think of singing praises to God this afternoon at our carol candlelit service, there was a man by the name of C.S. Lewis who wrote a book and it was entitled Surprised by Joy. And it's about his journey from being an atheist to becoming a Christian. But his genesis, his start of his spiritual quest and life, he attributes to his brother called Warren. And he brought to his brother, C.S. Lewis, he brought to him a quite an ordinary biscuit tin lid. And in this biscuit tin lid, he showed C.S. Lewis another world. He put all sorts of different paraphernalia on this biscuit tin. And it started C.S. Lewis to begin to question things and to go into that imaginary world. Di and I lived in Belfast for a few years. And we lived about six streets away from where C.S. Lewis grew up. And some people said, do you know where C.S. Lewis used to live? And we say, yes, we do. But it's a secret. Not everybody knew exactly where his house was in the part, that we the part that we lived in. But Isaiah, for me, invites us to ask this question. When did you begin your spiritual journey? How did it begin? Who influenced you years ago? How did you come to faith? Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Isaiah, in verse 5, points to a Messiah. He's writing 800 years before Christ. And he is actually talking about Christ. He's talking about the healer. He's talking about the one that will make blind eyes see and, the, and those that are deaf hear. He's pointing to our risen Messiah, who we trust and believe in this morning as our Lord and our Saviour. And Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, Make my joy complete. Be, being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Having thought about Isaiah's restoration, he wants us to go on a journey with him. He wants us to take that good news to others around us, here in Milford and further afield. Secondly, what about Isaiah's reflection? Some of you maybe have seen these scenes before in the desolate land. There are three scenes. We see the springs gushing up um, in the wilderness. And as I was thinking about this random thought of springs springing up, all sorts of areas, I began to ask myself, where is my source? Where do I get my life from? Where, do, where is my go-to? And as I was thinking about the lady who met Jesus at the well, and Jesus spoke to that lady at the well who committed adultery, and he says to her, 
if you only knew that the gift of God and who is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus Christ, God's only son, is our go-to. He is our source, our primary source. Then there are streams in the wasteland. And I was thinking about sitting in the wasteland on my own. But then I was reminded of Psalm 1 that says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season. I don't know about you, but sometimes reading God's word sometimes can be quite hard, particularly numbers. Um, but you know, it's all there. Sometimes when we read through the verses of scripture, we're just reminded about the detail, the detail that is there in God's word. Because God loves us individually. And then there's the third picture of the pools, this parched, scorched land. And suddenly, I don't know about you, if you could imagine being in the wilderness or in this parched land and just seeing if, like, the water ripple out and getting closer and closer and closer. The psalmist says in 107, verse 35, he turns the desert into pools of water and dry land into springs. It is God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that does the work. And I want to encourage you this morning to be ordinary people doing extraordinary things because God wants to use you and me to communicate the good news at this Christmas time. I read this quote this week and it said, those suffering the most, if they commit themselves to private prayer and study, will hit the water before the rest of us. And I thought to myself, Ian, are you broken hearted for the lost? Are you someone who wants to be the bearer of good news? I sure do. I want to be close to God and sharing that good news. Just on Tuesday night at Dower House, I had a wonderful opportunity just to talk to someone and I explained to them about judgment. Now, of all things to be talking about on a Tuesday night, having actually just shared some beautiful songs and hymns of worship and carols, I said, I believe that one day there will be an eternal judgment. As I just shared with her this idea of God parting the sheep and the goats. And as I sort of shared with her, and I just said, look, I believe that Jesus Christ is the saviour of the world. And he's come to, seek, come to seek the lost, just like me. And it's my hope that I'll one day be in glory. And this lady said to me, Amen, yes, I believe that too. I just wanted to encourage her, because one day she's going to be in heaven and she'll have a new pair of legs. So you may know that person. So remember, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The carol goes on to say, let every heart prepare him room. Let's this Christmas give him room. Let's enjoy reading God's word. What about Isaiah's revival though, Ian? You're coming towards the end and there's this pathway of holiness. It's a wonderful path for all those. It is a path for the redeemed. It's for you and I. It's for us to walk on and to trust him. There's this old Leviticus laws that talks about a purchasing of something for a price. 
And then we look back at Exodus and seeing that idea of Moses uh, leading the Jews out to the promised land and parting the Red Sea. And that is salvation for the Jews. Then we know about the Old Testament uh, blood sacrifices that were prepared by the priests on ordinary people's be uh, behalf. And then we go to the New Testament and we think of that Greco-Roman idea of a payment being made for a slave and being set free. And that's why this morning we can worship God because we are free indeed to worship him because he is the one who has made that way for us back to our father. And the good news is that it's open to all. And I want to encourage you as a church this morning, please do not be downhearted. I want this word to be an encouragement to you because I believe this morning that the psalmist for me sums it all up. And it says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. And I don't know about you, but I'm just loving this, uh, this uh, Christmas season. And I'm just praying that there will be one person that would come to Christ this Christmas. Um, I've told this story once or twice already in the last couple of weeks, but I'll risk sharing it again. I want to encourage you for giving out over 500 invites this year. I don't know about you, but I just do not like putting invites through letterboxes. I just don't like that idea. But I said, Lord, could you please just help me to deliver some invites? And that's exactly what happened. But what happened to me was I had my next door neighbours come round to me and say, Ian, there's a car running uh, on its own, the engine outside the house. So I went out to the car and actually I said, look, I don't know what's going on here, but I'll go and see some other neighbours. So then I thought to myself, well, why don't I take with me an invite? So I took uh, an invite with me and I went and saw my neighbours who hadn't seen for some time. And I said, look, I said, we've got a car actually that's got its motor running just outside the house. Do you know who it is? Oh, and by the way, if you'd like to come to our puppet um, service and also to the carol service tonight, then please do so. Now, then some other neighbours came round to this other neighbour's house and they then said, oh, Ian, there's a man actually in the car and it's still running outside. So there I was. I was with one neighbour from this house and another neighbour from there and I was giving out these invites. It was great fun. And I just prayed in the morning, Lord, please help me give these invites out. We can all give the invite out. We last uh, harvest service, we had an invite service. And I want to encourage you, and also Ben as well, and us as a church, uh, we had more people come to that service um, just last week, people who we hadn't seen before. And I want to encourage you that God is answering our prayer. May we give out the invite and let God do the work by his Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, because I don't know about you, but I just want to give God the glory. At the end of the day, we are just one beggar telling another beggar where we found the food. And I want to encourage you this morning to give glory to God, because he has brought a way back for us. You know, in one sense, how does revival start? It starts with individual people asking a wonderful, loving father, a gracious father, who wants to give good gifts to his children because we're listening to him 
And that's what we're doing this Christmas time. We're opening up the church and saying to the community, please come in. I was at Messy Church just yesterday and uh, I was asked a question about Milford Baptist Church. And he went straight for it. And he said, uh, well, what's your thing then at MBC? And you're like, what is it you're doing? And I said to him, I want to reach the next generation uh, for Christ. He said, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, I'm going to have to pay the cost. I said, I'm a grandparent. And I said, I've got uh, some grandchildren. And do you know what? Grandchildren love the bill to be paid by someone else. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You know, they've looked round to the table and said, well, who's paying it? Who, who's actually going to pay for it? You know, it's grandpa. But I think we need to look at this next generation and to encourage us. We maybe need to have some changes to be done to the church and what we do. But I want to encourage you. Be strong. Do not fear. Because we have a God. If we come as ordinary people to a wonderful, generous God, I believe that there could well be here a revival. God is speaking to people. And I forgot to say to you, this man just said to me at Messy Church, he says, well, if you're reaching the next generation, he says, I might swing round. Which I think is a good thing. It's his language. I don't understand it, but I think he said, I'm going to swing round. Yeah? So I'm just praying for him. God gives us opportunities, guys. Let's be a church. Do you know what? I sometimes think I'm a failure. But I am just so pleased that I'm just an ordinary guy who just wants to pass on the good news of Christ. I hope that's what you want to do at this Christmas time. Let's whooping up the old uh, songs and enjoy tonight. But do you know what? We can do it reverently. We can do it sacrificially, joyfully. Because where does this message and this heart come from? It comes from a heart that says, Lord, I honour you because you are my Lord and you are my Saviour. Because tonight, Lord, we want to not just sing praises, but just sing praises, hallelujah, glory to God in the highest. All those lovely choruses and hymns. Because do you know what? People will be hearing the word of God tonight. They'll be actually seeing, hearing and thinking it through for themselves. And my prayer to you is to pray for those coming tonight. Quite simply this. When is their journey going to begin? Will it begin here tonight or has it already begun? Amen.